Stevenson, full Stephen name. Stephen Gaines Moskowitz. Gaines. Never knew that. Yeah. Stephen Gaines Gina, Lynn, and Stevenson. Lynn. I didn't know Lynn. Well, now you do. Did you, did you and Lynn used to talk about that? Not once. Not once? <laughs> You're in a room with Lynn Nottage and I'm being not like, be like, we share oh my God, the same Lynn, name. My middle name is also your first name. We're friends now. I'm going to do that. Uh, Everybody does that. That's the oldest trick. No, because book. they don't have the same Anyone name. can pretend uh, their middle name is whatever they want. Now, I did actually, one of the, it make, that makes me think of I Love You Man, where he's like, um, uh, he, she, the, he, Jason, Jason, what's his face, meets. Uh, Born. Jason Bourne meets this chick and he's like, oh, what's your name? And she's some, she has something like, you know, Summer. And he's like, oh, that's my mom's name. And she goes, is it really? I don't know. You tell me. And he was like, what? what? He's, he's supposed to be like a douche. He's not supposed to be cool. Um, uh, is Gaines um, somebody's last name? In like that it was like, formerly my mother's. Yeah. Cool. That's what my brother's my brother's middle name is my mom's maiden name. Well, it's still her name, actually. She didn't change her name. Yeah, I mean, I just think yeah, I think that like it is cool, especially that like you can uh Yeah, I just think it's cool that it's like it, it keeps I used to hate it, but like I do mm-hmm. like that it keeps mm-hmm. my m- Mom mom's last name. Well it <laughs> well, keeps no, my, it yeah. keeps her claim to you. me. It gives me yeah. like a name. It, it, it gives, I mean, the same way that like people don't change their name beca- now because it's like this idea of like paternalism. Right. It kind of subverts that slightly because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. still passes on the mom's name. Right. For one, you know, but then it's For one generation. Gone, you know? Yes. And then it's gone, you know, but that's, yeah. that's yeah. on her parents. I'm not for having a girl, a I was gonna say to <laughs> have more their sons, fault. but Whoa. they had two, and unfortunately, they both passed away very. Um, well, what you know, they both one they lived full lives, but they I hope did this pass is away not um, going in the show because we are ready to go. I got the signal from Julie many sentences ago. Well, that's up as we have learned. Uh, to that's be up edited, for Michael we have to determine. No idea. Yeah, so, <laughs> and as we've also learned, he's generally on my side. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Thanks for that last one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and also, um, sorry. No. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Um, would you have a problem if I dedicated the episode no. to somebody? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I worked with somebody for the past three years Really, really cool. Really, really nice guy. Um, and he passed away this weekend. So I just wanted to dedicate this episode to Bruce Carlton. That's really he wonderful. He was a really, really cool guy. Sorry to hear that, Stephen. You know what? I The more that I think about like life and what I want from it, I think that like the most important thing seems to be to like enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. like that, I mean, <laughs> this sounds kind of trite, but like the more we sort of investigate capitalism, there are ways in which like a lot of things that are benchmarks and what is supposed to be a full life are really kind of 
based in capitalism and it's like, well, okay, well, if you remove capitalism, then do you remove human value? If that answer is no, what is human value? All these questions about like, what is life for? Like, I don't know. I don't know any of that. But like, if there's so many unknowns, like what does seem to be something that's knowable is that like, you might, like, we're going to like, might, might as well be having a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, I dealt with that with my brother recently when he was kind of going through some issues. I was just like, all I want for you, because there's so much that you're like not going to remember or care about later. Just have a good time because like all the worrying, like it's, you're not going to remember that either. Mm-hmm. So like everything that this moment could be, you might as well be having fun because you're not going to remember it. So what's the point of being sad or, yeah. Um, that sounds kind of fatalistic, but at the same no, time, but at the same time, yeah. it's just, yeah, enjoy it. You should, right. It's can, a way can to enjoy. say, you know, have fun, be fatalistic. <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> but maybe, um, yeah. Let go in. Love it. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Um, you want me or you want you? Um, I can go first. School. First. Um, I want to, I've wanted to get rid of this forever. I want to really? get rid of, I'm, yeah, of bad subway etiquette. Oh, oh say more. Say I just, more. I mean, it's all like, I've lived in New York for 12 years now and Ooh. I know I can't believe it's been well that done. long. So you're a New Yorker. Technically. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. a New Yorker plus 20%. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so like, you know, the entire 12 years, I, I guess the first like three, I was sort of like, I don't notice this because everything is new in New York. And I was also like 17 when I moved here. Um, but it's just so horrible the way that, pe- and it's like New Yorkers, like it's not mm. even just the tourists, the tourists, at least I'm like, okay, I get it. You don't really know. It's on me for being uh, around you kind of, yeah, because like, right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in Times Square right, right now. It's your place. Um, but like the New Yorkers who do it, who just like start walking onto the train when the, as soon as the doors open, yeah. that's my, the worst one when you, they don't let people out of the train and it's so infuriating and I don't like, and I don't know what, to, it's the question of like, do you say something or do you just like passive aggressively, like internalize your frustration? And I never know. Cause sometimes I will like under my breath be like, Ugh excuse me, but like that doesn't do enough. But if I'm like, you got to let me off the train first, man, like that's also makes me feel weird. Yeah. I mean, to me, I sometimes it's, it's, I've, I've noticed that if I have headphones in kind of how in the same degree that you'll like talk louder because you can't really hear yourself as well. I find that like my decorum more like my my tongue is a little bit looser. Mm, sure. So if I'm trying to get out, I'll just be like, "Come on, man, let me. Get, what are you right, doing, man? Right, you gotta let right. me out. Yeah, gotta let uh, me out. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just remember that. So one of the things was today on one of the trains I was on. It wasn't me, but it was the guy in front of me was like getting off the train. It was like you know a youngish guy, and this like pretty old man was coming on the train. And he, the older man, like as soon as the doors opened, he took a step in. And the older guy was coming off. And the older guy like tried to move to the side a little bit. And the older guy, but then like you know they did the thing where they both moved to the same side. And so the older guy like put his hands on the guy's shoulders and like swapped places like to, like with his hand. And the guy was just like, "You did the My wrong thing." My blood is what the boiling <laughs> right now. Like, and I like was watching, and he like got, and as I was like behind him as he was walking off the train, and he kept like looking back, like, and I was like, "That was 
that was crazy. That man. was like, that, I saw that. I see you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am on fire right I, now. I know. Like, not only did he like touch this person, but he did it because he was doing the wrong thing in the first place. Yeah. Unbelievable. Ooh. And this mm. man was old. So I'm like, you know, I mean, like he's probably been in New York for a long time. Like, you know, the rules, dude. Right. I mean, he's, he's no like, excuse. it's that's like, and that's like, a, a, you know, an old person entitlement thing where it's like, all right, all right, little kiddo, let me show you how it's going to be. You go here. And <laughs> right. I'm like, man, no, no. you wait. <laughs> yeah. You just wait a second. stand next to the mouth of the doors because then it's clear. Mm-hmm. You know, you do the, the normal thing where you stand in profile, mm-hmm. you stand in profile so that the door opens, people get out, mm-hmm. and the second they're gone, you, you can go slide in, right in. And it's faster for you, too. Oh, it's yeah. so much faster for everyone. Oh, yeah, because then you don't have that uh, 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 right, moment. Right, right, right. Anyways, so I don't know how to get rid of that. Maybe everyone should like take a mandatory lesson, like a right, etiquette, yeah. like a New York etiquette lesson. Do you remember those like cartoons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those They're, like, were cool. And so, yeah, I do yeah, remember those. Yeah, and it would be like, yeah. and then there was, you know, also one because I get, I'd say more. One thing that annoys me more than like three people walking side by side mm-hmm. is the thing of like <laughs> if it's two people. And then like two people and like they're sort of diagonally spreading across and then there's like Like a lane of people coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's like Mm. you can't weave through them, but you can't walk around them because there's a a lane of people coming. And so like it's like there should be (laughs) roughly a person of space that somebody can pass through. Mm-hmm. I personally, I don't care if it's in the middle. I don't care if it's on the left is. or the right, but it needs to be there. Should be somewhere. Somebody yeah. like, I don't know if you have nothing to do today. If so, good for you. Right. But, but I do. And <laughs> let me don't get there rub faster. rub it in my face. <laughs> please. Yeah, please. Can yeah. you not rub like your leisure in my face? the day and like looking at the trees. Oh, yeah. you get like out of the here. sunlight. <laughs> the fact that the weather is nice. Yeah. Excuse right. me, it's New York, right. okay? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's me. What no. about you? Okay. Um, I heard a song the other day that... Here we go. This feels like a... No, a long... Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I <laughs> am upset <laughs> by you right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It's just kidding. Continue. I'm sorry. I heard a song mm-hmm. the other day, and um, yeah, it so precisely um, is eloquated. It's not a word. I don't think it's a elevated? word. Elevated? No, eloquated. Yeah, I'm just trying to find similar sounding words. I don't okay, think it's a word. Okay, but I would like similar mean? meaning what words instead of what, similar what sounding do words. What you mean? That it said very directly like the emotion like that I was experiencing, like do the T mm. lyric by lyric getting deeper and deeper to the point where I was almost offended because it was like, Hey man, I'm an individual. You're not allowed to dampen my sense of uniqueness by also experiencing what I'm experiencing so directly and completely. And then you are able to so eloquently describe it. To me, I'm like, I'm an individual. Like, you're, leave me alone. <laughs> you did no, no, no. too good of a job you did, with no, your songwriting. I, give me some <laughs> abstraction so I can still feel, you okay. know, unique. What do you mean? 
like so it was do you want to get rid of the song i want to get rid of songs <laughs> that like overly capture you know an experience what to the point where you don't feel like you have i mean a you-ness like i like wow. that i do think that there is something nice to the fact that like we're not particularly unique. There is something that's like wonderful about the fact that like all the pain you experience, all the joy you experience that, that it's shared, not even by like one person, mm -hmm. but by many. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I'm like, hold on. Like I'm, I, there's a degree to which I would like to consider myself an individual and a bit of a weirdo. And so the fact that like you are so directly telling, do you don't like this? I don't Do you understand. want me to throw I it away? I need an example. Fine. I need you to tell Goodbye. me what the song is so I no, understand. No, because I am a multifaceted <laughs> individual who listens to many different songs. I'm what? not going to tell you the experience that I was experiencing, nor the song. How but dare you? How dare you question me crazy. as such? Then, Fine, you don't I'll feel change seen it. By, I'll no, no, I feel don't too it. seen. You're too deep oh, in it. Don't really? change it now. Really? Because guess what? I love gelatin, I, but I consider it. myself Steven, a vegetarian, it. and I want Save it gone. It for next I want week. it gone. I'm never oh gonna God. use it. It's too simple. I, I'm That's gonna what's like beautiful no. about it. I'm literally every. We I'm gonna do what I would do. Disagree about what, what is the, the right type of thing for this. I perhaps, <laughs> which is great. But I the simpler the gelatin's better. been on my list I for like four weeks now, so and I keep lose it. Oh but God. I keep coming up with something better, like right at the do last you? minute. Okay. <laughs> wow! Wow! I know, I know. I'm. I. I don't mean to hurt you. I don't oh, understand I'm, your. I also am Gina, like. Because, is this running long? Uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, is it running? Let's start the show. Great. Oh, should we? Should we start the show? Is this? Should we keep this? The cultural view, review podcast that you, Gina. What? That what we is it? Passive aggressively ask the question i don't have you do this thing Fine. i don't have your notes of the 50 years you know and love if you, us if, don't mess it up <laughs> this is should we keep this the cultural review podcast that you know and love mm. that looks back over the past 50 years I that's that what you number, got right? of film music television, television challenging your music, nostalgia and music i said film music television oh, oh. <laughs> and music Okay. And film, music, television, and, <laughs> and music, music, challenging your nostalgia to get the question: Should 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 we should we should keep should we keep this? this? I'm Stephen Moskis. I'm Gina Stevenson. And today we're talking about <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, Gina? it's the year 1976. Ooh. 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 So we're talking about Rocky, Rocky. and. Happy, Happy days. days. Yeah, Rocky was both the top grossing uh, film and the best picture winner. Another double whammy. And Happy Days was the top, was rated, the top rated TV show. Television show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 1976. Is the year of what, Is Gina? Cool dudes and leather jackets. Wow! <laughs> They're everywhere in these mediums. Fun. Um, so let's start with Rocky because it's 
what I wrote first in my notes. I, Did you also? Me too. Oh my god, wow. Steven, we should Whoa. do a podcast. I guess together I'm like or not so unique. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. I, way to like I feel seen in a really beautiful way that makes me feel like a part of a community. But I'm sorry that for you, it makes you feel not like a person. Yeah. Um, so Rocky, so, um, which was yes, the top grossing film and the best picture winner. Um, this is. Uh, like an underdog sports drama thing. I don't really know the category, the genre. I mean, maybe it transcends genre. Maybe it transcends genre. Maybe I'm just bad at genres. As best picture winners are wont to do. Ooh, nice. Um, So this film is about Rocky Balboa. Um, and so the beginning we meet, I just thought that I said it wrong weirdly, no, you but said then it I, right. I know Rocky I said Bamba. it right. I just, I'm used <laughs> to just saying Rocky. So it was weird to say his last name. Um, so at the beginning of the film, we meet him, Rocky, and he's this working class guy who's sort of scraping together a pretty lonely life at the beginning, right? He, he really loves boxing. He's really, really like strong and really good at it, but he never made it professionally. Um, and he also was working, he's like working as this like crony for this local like mob guy, maybe he's like, you know, beating people up to get the money they owe mm-hmm. him and stuff. Um, and he has this crush on this woman, Adrian, who's this very shy woman who works at the local pet store in his neighborhood. Uh, he really loves, he loves pets. He's really like this earnest, uh, just like this earnest dude who also really loves to fight. Um, and and that's, yeah, that's who he is. So we just kind of get to know him at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then meanwhile, we learn that the heavyweight boxing champion, Apollo Creed, um, is planning to hold this title bout in Philly, which is where the story take pla- takes place, where Rocky lives. But five weeks before the scheduled date, his opponent gets an injury, and so he won't be able to compete. Um, and so Apollo's like, what do we do? We've got this whole thing planned. I can't just back out now. It looks stupid. And so Apollo um, decides that he's going to choose a local contender um, to challenge him for the title, um, which is sort of like it's it's Philly, and there it, there's something about like seven is it like 76 oh it's seven right it's the bicentennial 76 the bicentennial i was like there's something about america that's there's a reason (laughs) (laughs) the bicentennial that's the whole point um and so the idea of like it's sort of like american dreamy to be Mm. like i'm gonna give a local nobody a chance at the title um and so he sort of he randomly basically picks rocky to be his challenger it's not super random he's he's like flipping through a book of people yeah and so rocky his name in boxing is the italian stallion um and so and what he he like talks about like oh italians discovered america right and like this idea of like him fighting an italian and well and we will talk more about it but like he's got a very keen sense of like what's best for the publicity of it all. And mm-hmm. he like was looking according to that scene, like for a fighter that had like a really great, like ring to it, to his name. Mm, okay. Uh, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. why he was drawn to the Italian stallion. Got it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and so basically, so he chooses Rocky and Rocky, uh, pretty hesitantly at first, but agrees to, to fight, to take it on. Um, so cue lengthy training montage, um, where we see Rocky, like starting to train, um, also just, I don't think I mentioned him before, but Rocky has this, his friend, Polly, who's Adrian's brother, who's just this kind of like really, uh, m- mean and like just kind of horrible guy. <laughs> um, and sad is like, sad, I mean, well, actually, you know what? He's sad, bitter. but horrible. Yeah. Is, I cannot he, wait to talk about Polly. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so Adrian lives with him. And so, so like, so yeah, Rocky's training at the same time. Also, he started dating Adrian. Um, and she ends up moving in with Rocky because there's this like 
finally sort of like this big fight with Polly. She sort of finally like explodes against the way he treats her and stuff. Um, and, and so yeah, and then the fight happens on New Year's Day and Rocky's really nervous. It's, I think it's New Year's. It's not 4th of July. No, it's January. It's definitely cold outside. There's snow and That's stuff. That's true. That's true. Um, although that would be the bicentennial. It should be 4th of July. I see that. It's not. Um, Rocky doesn't expect to win, he says, before he goes in, but he just really wants to go the distance, right, against Creed. No other fighter has done that, and that basically means going the whole 15 rounds, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the fight ends up being this, like, really long and brutal one. Apollo was, like, sort of expecting it to just be this show and this kind of spectacle, um, but... Rocky just like will not give up and so it actually does last the whole 15 rounds um and even though you can see that like Apollo Creed is a far is like a better fighter skill wise Rocky is just like refuses to fall down um and so finally it ends and Apollo is declared the winner um at the the last moment it's like Rocky doesn't even care he's just like Adrian we all know that Adrian and so she comes like running from the back and she's like she says that she loves him and they embrace um and that's and it's a beautiful little moment and the movie ends Mm -hmm. that's Rocky um this film has definitely had a lasting cultural impact oh big time I would would imagine big time yeah uh yeah the film it has there are Eight films in the franchise, Rocky. Oh, eight? Yeah, Whew. because now this is like one could consider there six. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, but eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, it goes Rocky, Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky five. What? Yeah, no, that's right? crazy. Rocky. Balboa. So it's not <laughs> okay, a given. Okay, it's okay. not a given. It's, I mean, it would be obnoxious to just keep with the numbers. Yeah. But then and what? then uh, and then Creed. Mm-hmm. And then Creed 2. Um, so, like, the biggest from this movie, like, the things that get referenced a lot are, one, the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we get it. You get it. Yeah. You can keep going. I'll yeah. And then uh, the run, the big like run, and then up to the st- up the steps and like whoa, yeah, you know. Um, also, just you know, saying like yo, Adrian. I feel like yeah. I hear that people mm-hmm. do that all the time, um, which is also. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it is kind of funny that since the, the year of the Leatherheads. Uh, He's like, yo. And then Fonzie's like, hey. hey. <laughs> um, it's true. Uh, drinking raw eggs as a part oh of a training God. montage. That's where this thing comes that from. Scene, Ooh. We literally see him one shot. So you know it's really happening. He cracks individually six. Five. Five. Yeah. Eggs into a glass. Raw eggs. And he chugs Just the whole thing. And we it. see that whole thing in one shot. Oh, I oh. don't think that there's any. I don't think protein cooks out. So I don't think that there's but, actually any benefit to drinking the egg raw versus yeah, cooking oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. What, maybe time? The, maybe time. I don't. Like, and I guess like drinkability versus eating with a chewing, you know, like maybe you're like, oh, I'm, I got to go. I don't have time to chew. What? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> like I can't think of any reason why someone would do that. Well, it's yeah. also so like salmonella and stuff. No? Yeah. I mean, you're not supposed uh, yeah, to it eat definitely is not, definitely not. Uh, like healthy but like my mom had to do it she was Why in cabaret because oh. of like there's a part in like cabaret oh, where no, no, you drink an mm-hmm. egg and then right well um, if you said it's definitely not healthy then it's like why 
anyways. Why would you do it as part as of like a training, training regimen? Yeah. I mean, it's also not healthy to just get beat up. So like, yeah. Well, he stopped smoking. So if he's gonna stop oh, smoking, that's true. Then you know, like, he does, he... and he and he lays off the ladies, the bed for the legs. Oh uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> women weaken legs. Um, that's my that Burgess Meredith. It is. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so then one thing, uh, uh, this is funny, like in terms of, uh, early, oh, I'm not done with the culture stuff no, yet. So, uh, the, the training montage, just the simple, like the actual idea of like the training montage, mm-hmm. um, then the steps are now called the Rocky steps, mm-hmm. um, in Rocky three, they commissioned, he commissioned like a statue so that in the movie he would be up there that that statue is moved but is still on the grounds mm-hmm. um and like the mayor of philadelphia said shortly after that uh rocky the commerce director said that rocky's done more for the city's image has done more for the city's image than anyone since ben franklin wow. um yeah uh and then there were lots of video games in the 70s and 80s apparently this is, I think we, we've learned this more and more that like emerging, like contracts are very bad at like understanding emerging technologies. And so like the games that were coming out, like were based on Rocky, but were not, like they were just being made. So like one of them was called like Rocky the Italian Stallion. And the other one was named Rocky, but then had to change its name to Rocco because like because of copyright. And I'm sitting there being like, hmm. they didn't just license the name Rocky. Like it wasn't part of it. But that would imply that there was like a merchandising deal that like Happy Days, which we'll talk about, like they did that. But that was like brand new. Hmm. Um, and just like with the writer's strike and everything, it's like we just seem to be very bad at like predicting the effects of emerging technologies. Hmm. Um, and then also like producers get all that money. So obviously they don't, uh, it behooves them to be bad at it. Um, cause it cheats actors and writers, not producers. Um, no offense producers. Um, produce my things. No. Uh, yeah, the budget. So the budget was a million dollars. Now the reason the budget was a million dollars was because like he, he, Watched this. He watched a fight. Mm-hmm. Wrote the wrote it in three days. Mm-hmm. So like he went to sell it, and they wanted to. The studio wanted to cast like uh, Burt Reynolds, Robert Redford, James Caan, or Ryan O'Neal, someone who is like big. Ryan O'Neal, we know from Love Story. Um, but he was determined that he wanted to play the role. So. And he being Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone, because yeah. Sylvester Stallone yeah. wrote it, and he has written uh, all the Rocky movies, hmm. and he has written not the not the Creed movies, um, but he's written all the Rocky movies. He also wrote uh, the Rambo movies. Um, oh. Yeah, um, this film made two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. It was not only the highest grossing film of set of 1976. It was the second highest grossing film of 1977. Wow. Like, isn't that freaking People dope? just kept watching it yeah. that much that following year. That's amazing. Jeez. Like, that's, that's wow. awesome. Wow. Um, it's ranked as the second best sports movie after Raging Bull uh, by AFI. 
10 Oscar nominations it won Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Editor. Uh, but did he... And you, the thing about it costing a million dollars was because, like, Stallone would not... Um, In order for he, him like, to get the deal, right, he just, they like, offered... Uh, they they were like, we'll put you... We'll, but Because they, they didn't want to risk it. Sure, and as sure. a matter of fact, so there was another the film low. that I've fucked up and not writing down, but they basically... The, the term was apparently collateralized it against oh, another yeah. uh, film. It was like New York, New York or something? Was yeah, it? and yeah. that movie lost money, mm-hmm. and Rocky ended up like compensating for all of that movie's losses. Crazy. Um, and then, yeah, da dee. Um, so yeah, like early 70s for Stallone, he was struggling. He did ex- extra work on a number of films, um, but he ended up... I mean, he was like a true struggling actor. He was homeless, uh, living in Port Authority for a little while. Mm-hmm. He's gotten some flack in the past because he did a softcore movie, mm-hmm. um, but he was like, I, he, he, when he was like, "Look, I, I, yeah, I did it, but like, I was at the end of my rope. Yeah, I mean, well, I was. We gotta do what something. was I gonna do? Yeah, um, and then, you know, he tried to." Uh, Tried to he has tried to branch out in the eighties, but every time he tried to do like um, different comedies, they all failed. And so like, but every time he would go back to like um, to action movies, to the Rambo movies, um, to what's it like like Demolition Man? Is that the one? Yeah, there was like with Wesley Snipes, all these like action movies that he would do. Um, then they would he would have a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is it's like pretty awesome that he's he's written a lot of them. He also wrote all of the Expendables movies. Um, so he's really like, in terms of a, he gets a lot of shit, but he's like entirely self-made. Um, and then he didn't graduate from the University of Miami, but in 1999 he requested that his experience count as credit. And they agreed, and they granted it to him. So it's like not even an, an honorary degree. It's like an they accepted degree? it. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, Talia Shire um, plays plays Adrian. Adrian. Uh, we know her as Connie Corleone in the Godfather franchise. That's who you didn't she notice was. that? I just knew oh I knew her, God. and I was like, I don't know how I know you. Um, oh, something you. that Oof. I can't believe that we missed it but it probably is because she was like seventh on the the bill for the godfather and she's second on the bill for rocky that like you know i was able to find more was inspired to find more information on her but um a she's francis ford coppola's sister she's the one who told so there was the scene where she begs michael to forgive Fredo, okay, which um, mm. got her an Oscar nomination. In The Godfather. For The Godfather mm-hmm. Part 2. Part 2. The reason that he wrote that scene was because she read the script and was like, you know what? You should change Kay's miscarriage to an abortion. Whoa. And he thought it was such a good idea that he like wrote her that extra scene to give her something to give her some meaning because he thought it was so good so like she came up with that and that scene i mean that's like 
what would what, what would that even be, be without, without that? that? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. My God. Um, She's so awesome. fucking praise for for and she did Rocky four months after giving birth to her first child. Yeah, and she yeah crazy. That's incredible. Um, it's my new hero. Yeah, I Tally Shire is dope. Um, <laughs> then. Burt Young, surprise champion. Burt Young plays Polly. Holy hell. So, like, okay, studied with Lee Strasberg. Um, Hammond Roth. We mm-hmm. talked about him at Nolzim. Um, <laughs> he's also a published novelist. He's had two produced stage plays, two produced screenplays, and he's an internationally displayed visual artist. Damn. This dude is a Renaissance man. Wow. You know, yeah. he's like, wow. Does it all. That's amazing. Yeah. What's his Big name? Burt Young. Burt Young. You know, it's like, that, that's clearly somebody who like, you know, isn't, he is he may not be a household name, but like, mm. clearly he has done everything that he had, seems to have wanted to do with as much success as anyone could ask for. Incredible. Um, then Carl Weathers, this is the role that he's best known for, Apollo Creed. Um, he was recently, he had recently been a football player before, uh, before retiring and then moving into acting. So this is like one of his first big roles. And then once Rocky ended, he started doing more films, but like during the stretch until he dies in Apollo 4. Not Apollo 4. <laughs> um, uh, Rocky 4, spoiler. Um, but... Yeah, then his career took off. He made, um, he also did Predator, this big one, Action Jackson. He has a few episodes of Arrested Development. Um, and then, yeah, Burgess Meredith, who people, that's a name that like people, I remember people talking about him. And I remember when he died, people being like, oh, Burgess Meredith. But I'm like, who's that? He's like, he's just like a powerhouse of, Early film, TV, and TV radio. He's Mickey. Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's just been in countless productions since the '30s. Um, so he didn't. He wasn't. Although this was definitely his like defining performance. If you saw a picture of him, you would think you would think of Rocky. Um, and then something I thought was really awesome is that um, Apollo Creed's cr- uh, coach. Um, got his degree and studied acting while um while incarcerated and then came out and like became a lifetime member of the actor's studio and then and then he went on to do like loads of films and have like a cool like a big stage career um so it's a shame that um we have taken degree programs away from people who could do really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's next week for profit prisons. Should we keep them? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll just drop that and then not go back to it. Cause that's fine. Um, but yeah, so that's what I have for, uh, the culture of Rocky. Should we talk about happy days? Let's do it. Let's do it. Happy days. Um, so oh. this is yeah the top rated TV show. This so this show actually came out in seventy four, mm-hmm. right? So um, but seventy six was the year when it was top rated, and it was the only year that this show was out of eleven. Show out of eleven years, eleven seasons. Yeah. 
Um, so this is a sitcom. Uh, it's set in the 50s uh, in Wisconsin. And the series, so basically it just it revolves around this teenager, Richie Cunningham, uh, and his family and his friends, um, among which the most notable is probably the high school dropout and resident cool guy, Fonzie. Um, and so, yeah, again, kind of like, I mean, like with All in the Family, we basically watched uh, six episodes from a couple of different top episode lists. Um, so, you know, we'll probably get into them a little bit as we talk about them, as we talk about them. But basically, I mean, it's just about sort of like Richie and like the sort of, you know, him being a teenager, all the kinds of things that come with high school. It's set in the 50s. So there's sort of a big element of like 50 American 50s middle class life, you know. Um, and it sort of like seems most of the comedy kind of centers on like Richie's persona as this guy who sort of like follows the rules, but is also like not very like suave or cool kind of. And so going through all the classic high school experiences, you know, so it's dating, what it means to, you know, be popular, like to be liked, how, maintaining friendships and clashes with your family, right? Like all these kinds of just sort of typical life. Um, and the tone is very light. Uh, it's very like easy watching, you know, uh, and it's, and like nostalgia, the like nostalgia for the fifties is sort of like a big, feels like a big part of the tone as well. Um, so that's basically happy days. It's, yeah. And we'll, we'll get yeah. into more specifics later, but, um, um, yeah. So like we said, the show ran for 11 years. It has six spinoffs. Um, yeah, not all of them were successful, really only, two of them because I'm going to list other ones and you'll be like, Oh, those were things. Um, but Laverne and Shirley notably, which was top rated like two or three years in a row. Whereas, which is kind of funny that like a spinoff is yeah. Sick burn. <laughs> um, Mork and Mindy Blanksy's beauties, which is like a weird, I was like, I, I even say what? that title. So, but like Blanksy is like, she's an aunt who's makes like one time a one time appearance and she lives in Vegas. And so then they made the show Blanksy's beauties about her in Vegas. Um, another one called out of the blue and then Joni loves Chachi and then the Fonz and the happy days gang. Um, it those was were things. Those were things. <laughs> nice. Um, it was never nominated for an Emmy. Never for for like a writing Emmy for like the best show or whatever ever and I'm like wow is there is there a show that has run for eleven years that has not been that was not seen which was what show was seen as good enough to keep on the air mm. for eleven years but not good enough to be nominated for an Emmy. I, I right. not even winning, but not even nominated. nominated. Like wow. how many other are there? Yeah. They're like, well, yeah. Do some so, um, mm, um, I was a big Mork and Mindy fan, um, in high school. Mm. Did you never, ever watch? I've never watched it. Oh my God. It's so good. Is it's it? so good. Yeah. And also like, like, you know, there, there's lots of like, you can toy around with like a celebrity crush, but like, I have to say the only real celebrity crush I think I've ever had is Pam Dahmer in Mork and Mindy, which mm. was also like kind of a mind fuck because <laughs> even though celebrity crushes are always out of reach, 
this had like an additional level of being out of reach because you know the age at which I had fallen in love with her was 40 30 years uh right ago. after you saw you know? her. yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I you know um <laughs> but man oh cool. great show wow. so funny Robin Williams mm-hmm. um and then I also a couple of cultural things you know Fonzie's hey, hey. um Weezer made the their song Buddy Holly the music video is it like takes place in Ar- Arthur's mm. and it's like um a big send up to happy days mm-hmm. also friends references Joni loves Chachi in their pilot episode um because she's Rachel's watching television um in Monica's and she's like crying and it's Joni loves Chachi and then she's like See, Joni loves Chachi. Oh. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> um, I love that. Now, um, another thing uh, that they're known for is the phrase "jumping the shark." Um, so it sounds yeah. Uh, uh, well, it sounds like jumping the gun, but mm. it's not. It, well, actually, honestly, it is kind of. It's like it's a kind of off jumping the gun, but um, in. 76 no not 76 in the fifth season they go to their go to california and there's a shark tank and fonzie is on water skis and he jumps over the the shark um wow yeah he would well it was like it was so outside of the world of basically it was something that they did as like a ratings ploy to try to get people back into the show. Mm. Um, and like, so it's just see as like a, the idea of like jumping the shark is just sort of a super uncharacteristic, uh, ploy mm. to grasp for popularity. Got it. Um, what's unbelievable is you would think that, that a show would jump the shark in like their last or second to last season. They did it in the fifth season. Right, not even halfway there. Like they were uh, running out of ideas. You know, it, 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 it's just un unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um it's like they so around season 2, they started to shift the focus from Richie to Fonzie because he was just so much more popular. Mm-hmm. And then in season five, shit just goes AWOL. Like Mork comes from outer space, an alien. Um, and then the, and Fonzie like has a moment where he makes a deal with the devil, really? like the actual <laughs> devil. I'm like, this is That's nuts. Um, Would just not have known that from in the this that we 50s <laughs> nostalgia show. Right. I'm like, how did it, it just, wow. <sighs> um, Maybe it was like a thing with his other successful shows, Gary Marshall's, you know, the spinoffs. Maybe it was like in the contract that because they were so successful, like. You could do whatever you wanted. Well, that like <laughs> he was like, okay, well, I'll let you keep doing Vilvern and Shirley, but you got to keep uh, Happy Days alive. That's yeah, my yeah. stipulation. <laughs> um, also, uh, Ron Howard. He mm. left he the show mm-hmm. to be Ron Howard plays Richie. Mm-hmm. He left the show uh, to focus on directing, but he but and in the show he like goes to war. Go, well, it goes to the military, and then he comes back in the final season and he tells his 
his family that he wants to go to Hollywood to become a screenwriter. And then they convince him that he has to stay. And then finally he, he's like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. And they support him. And then he goes off to Hollywood. Um, so it's like a little bit on the nose, mm-hmm. but they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be like, <laughs> Hey buddy. Um, so another thing about this show is that it was made for a pilot in 70 the pilot was made and rejected in 72 and it was then turned into like a single tv special um for a show called love american style Mm -hmm. and this was called like love and happy days or something Mm -hmm. and then uh george lucas like requested the pilot because he wanted to see if ron howard could play a teenager in american graffiti and he did so like in a retroactive way i don't know how to put this um the show hadn't come out yet and yet if it weren't for the show ron howard would not have had the roles that he needed to sort of transcend from child star because he was in the andy griffith show as opie um and then he left to direct and he has since directed films such as Splash, Cocoon, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man. Um, also, his daughter is Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the mom, his name is Marion Ross. She, she was like, she was 20 years into her career before the show started. Um, and then at, it's funny that she did such a wholesome character because also you talking about the show definitely made me think that like we haven't no we haven't gone to the partial part of the show yet i'll hold my tongue (laughs) um uh yeah but yeah she did for a show that's so wholesome her major sort of career moves after the show were that 70s show the drew carey show and king of the hill and so (laughs) it's kind of funny that after this show, she did like these kind of raunchier, subversive yeah, comedies. That's great. <laughs> um, and then uh, Potsy. Oh yeah, his that's friend, his, name, his right? best friend. Yeah, Pot- Potsy. Potsy. I think it's. Potsy. I want to say Potso, but it's because of Godot, oh. uh, <laughs> uh, which is hilariously pretentious. <laughs> uh, they're like, oh, what's that character in Happy Days? Beckett. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, can you kill me? Um, but he actually became like a super prolific. TV director hmm. um, for the next, yeah, you know, for the 40 years afterwards, uh, 30 years afterwards. And then this was the dad's last big role. He, um, everything that he did afterwards was Happy Days related. Uh, his name is Thomas Bos- Bosley, Bosley. Um, Henry Winkler mm-hmm. left, uh, after the show, he left acting for a little bit and then came back to acting in 96 to do Scream. And then, you know, it's kind of, it's funny to me because I think of him as like a bumbling kind of yeah. goofball. I mean, I'm, I was like, just watched Barry and then I watched right. this and I was like, huh. Whoa, yeah. Like huh. he's <laughs> like, yeah, but like, he's good at it. He's great. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, he's good but, at it. He, uh, because he's like kind of an idiot in Scream, um, mm-hmm. for which he's uncredited, which is insane because he has a real role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, he's in Arrested Development as their lawyer, mm-hmm. as like their idiot lawyer. And then, 
Yeah, he's in Barry. Yeah, and, and Park, yet Parks and Rec as he, he's the father of um, John Ralphio and Mona Lisa right. Saperstein. Oh my God! <laughs> so again, um, also like a yeah. Now he was also in um, something that was super dope. Is his first movie was also like one of his early movies was also one of Stallone's early movies, The Lords of Flatbush, and oh. they were both in that movie in seventy uh, two. Which I think is super cool. so cool. Yeah. Um, and he also went to went to Yale. Um, so he has his MFA from Yale, um, which is I can tell. Like, so one of the reasons he was cast is that Fonzie was initially intended to be kind of a dopey clown foil to Richie, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily understand. Based on even in the, the pilot, writing of he the is show. like a cool guy on a motorcycle, though. Right, and I, I was trying to like <laughs> envision his lines being said like an idiot, mm-hmm. and they, I just, yeah, can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, his reads were so different from mm-hmm. everyone else that they were like, yeah, we got to give it, and that's it, it. Totally makes sense to me that they would shift the focus to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now something that I am happy about is that, so in terms of acting, everyone in the show, the greatest, um, their like most notable role is their role in happy days. Like even like Ron Howard's most notable work is not happy days, but his most notable work as an actor Mm. is, um, the only person whose signature work is not, Happy Days is Pat Morita, who runs Arthur's, who his signature work is playing Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid movies. Mm. Now, he was not in any of the episodes that we watched. Um, I'm kind of happy for that. I'm not allowed to say anything partial yet, Um, but I have reasons why I'm happy. I'm sure you do. Um, Yeah. Um, should we be partial then? Yeah. I would so love to be partial. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go with it. Let's, let's say it. We are gonna gonna do the the count down. Down. Now. One, two, three, four, five, and And Rocky. Rocky. Oh my God. That was infuriating. (laughs) Oh man. What do you, I'm, ah, ah, um, you want to talk about Rocky first? About why we want to keep it? Yeah. Oh my God. That. Let's do that. I oh, love this movie. I know. It's a great movie. It has its problem. Really problem, I think. I think but that it. You know what I'm going to say. Can I guess what you're. Please. I have, there's something that I don't love, but I'm, I think it might be okay, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say that I think your problem is when they go to his apartment. Yeah, the way he starts dating Adrian, but yeah. specifically going to his apartment, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just to get it out of the way, the one the one bad thing is that it does not um, communicate great uh, uh, dating communication skills mm-hmm. because basically the way that Rocky and Adrian have their first date is like uh, well, Rocky like, you know, asks her out a few times at the pet shop and she doesn't really respond at all because she's very shy and then he like goes over to her her brother's house you know and because they live together and 
her brother said, Polly said that he told her and he didn't tell her he was coming. And so then Polly like yells at her, like throws her Thanksgiving turkey out the window to like make her go on a date with him. And she doesn't want to, um, she like locks herself in a room and then finally Rocky comes over and like knocks on the door and he like says some like stupid, adorable puns. It's like amazing. I've never talked to a door before. I don't know what to say. Uh, And he like keeps making these. Yeah. But anyway, so she finally like, she opens the door and she comes out and she like, we'll go on a date with him. Um, and then, yeah, and they like go ice skating and she's still like that whole beginning. Like I get that she's shy, but I just did not know what she wanted even through all of that. And I was like, so I don't actually know if she wants to go on a date with this guy. I guess, I mean, they do fall in love. So like later, but like, I really don't even know if she wants to go on the date, you know, because even during the date, he's really talking about himself the whole time because he's nervous and because he's funny and like, that's who he is. Um, that is exactly what I was thinking about when I said like it, there's something that I don't really love, yeah. which is that like, you know, there it something that the that the show is deeply about are these people who are are down on their luck, and he manifests it in one way, and one the way that she manifests it is through like shyness and and reticence, and why that while that may be justifiable, it also means that it's scenes where there's a guy talking and a woman silent, and right. we don't get to. Right. Hear her thoughts. Yeah. And then she, and then like the really most horrible part is that they go back to his apartment. They're sort of like walking and then they happen to, they like come upon his apartment and he asks if she wants to come inside and she's like, no, no, I don't want to go inside. Uh, and then he keeps asking her and she still says no. And like, finally she speaks up and she's, all she says is no. And then he just like goes inside and like, essentially like it's implied she has to come in sort of, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's like, I'm not saying goodbye to you. So like, if you're, you know, and she doesn't be polite, right? She still doesn't. She still, you know, she still stands outside. Well, she, yeah, for a second. And then she goes in. Well, it's like multiple times he comes back outside yeah. of his house to be like, come on, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. Right. come on, come on. Right. Yeah. And they like go inside finally. And then he like takes his shirt off immediately cause it's hot. Uh, and she just sort of like stands really awkwardly by the door. Um, and then, and then, yeah, like he, essentially he asked her to sit on the couch next to him and she's like, I don't, f-, she literally says, I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think I should go. And she's like, I've never been in a man's apartment before. I don't feel comfortable. And then he's like, no, don't go. You shouldn't go. I like wrote down all these lines. Cause I was like, ah, yeah. um, and then he like, she goes to the door. I should go. I don't feel comfortable. He blocks the door so she can't leave. And he like blocks her in a corner. So like both of his arms are there. Uh, and again, you know, obviously he's, a fighter like he's very strong yeah I mean, um yeah it's it's yeah so he like blocks good. the door and then he says like i'm gonna and he take and he makes her take off her glasses and her hat and he's like i knew you were beautiful and and he's like i want to kiss you now you don't have to kiss me back but i want to kiss you and so then he kisses her you know and like so that whole and then like she gives into the kiss and they like melt onto the floor and kiss but like god that is such a bad such a bad thing to say, so you know, bad. and like so terrible. And like, uh, still, I want to keep this movie because everything else about it is really everything amazing. else about it is really but like wonderful. That's so bad. Like it's so bad, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, yeah. And then it, it, yeah, it, it, the way that she morphs into, you know, really deeply reciprocating the kiss, also sort of reinforces that when someone behaves that way, right. that that's what they're looking for. They actually for. just need to yeah. be convinced and then they will want to kiss you. Right. right. No, exactly. And like that whole time that, right. Cause it's, it's, and even if she, 
she very well could have still not been wanting to kiss him while she was kissing him passionately, like thinking about the actual, like if she wasn't a character, she was a human mm. and she's just like, I let's just get this over with. This is what he wants. You know, like that very right. well could be what's happening. Um, and like, so that's just, it's so, it's very creepy. Um, yes. So yes. Agreed. 100%. Don't like that. The rest of the movie I love. So good. And even like, and, and her character I think gets attention in this movie in a way that we haven't really seen women get attention in the movies that we've been watching thus far. Um, Except for maybe Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. It's like the only movie that had, yeah, like interesting female characters who had journeys. (laughs) I even think that like before she goes on the date, like she takes a moment to just like look in the mirror that Mm -hmm. to me felt... I don't know. It, it made me feel like they the film the filmmakers care about her. This they're not like looking at Rocky waiting for her. Mm-hmm. They're looking at her like preparing looking herself. at herself. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh yeah. So I and should we should we? Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the 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 speech that he gives to the the girl? Oh, this was okay. So this is the other part that I didn't love. Um, so there's, uh, so like he, as Rocky's walking home a couple of times, he passes this like little group of like teenagers basically. Uh-huh. And there's only one, I think that's a girl and the rest are boys. Um, and her name's Marie and she, and they're all like vulgar and like saying mm-hmm. curse words, including her. And he basically like takes her and like starts walking her home. And as he's walking her home, he's giving this speech to her, which is basically the speech is like, look, if you talk that way and hang around, like I knew someone who talked like that and who hung around the bad seeds. And I don't want to say a bad word around you, but the, the word that people started using was whore, you know? And so like, if you keep doing this, like people are going to call you a whore, you know? And like, uh, and, uh, and what did he say? Yeah, like mm. they won't see past the rep. They won't see you. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good, good impression yeah. too. Thank you. Right. And, um, ah, oh, where is it? Oh yeah. I didn't actually write all the notes, but, but yeah, that like you and the, exactly like eventually that will stick enough that like nobody will take you seriously. It seemed like right. also as a date, like nobody will like, yeah, you know, I mean yeah. now uh, the, the main problem I was like, you're giving the speech just to this, the one girl who's here when like really the problem is not the girl, like, not the you know, girls, it's like, but it's, the guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? And so like blaming the girl for the behavior that like the boys are actually the ones who are like perpetrating and right. that like she, and like, she, you know, like maybe she's just a tomboy and she should be encouraged to be a tomboy, but it's like the, the whole thing is the problem. It's not her. And like, so right. like blaming the women for the, for all of the problems is like, is such a thing. Uh, and, and blaming her and the idea of like the, the whore part of it too. It's like, She's not, she wasn't like doing anything sexual. She was just like swearing and like the same way that like the boys would. And so, mm-hmm. like, the idea that because of that, because you are a girl who's like acting out, that you will be labeled like in a sexual way, you know, this is just like annoying. Um, so, yes, thank you. That was the other thing I didn't love. Um, how did you feel about it? So, I mean, like, really the same thing. I mean, I, I agree 100%. I did find myself also thinking of like he's somebody who's like if we isolate the 
So like we're agreeing that like the what he's saying is true despite its wrongness. Like, do we? Can you agree with that, or do you disagree with that? That if she hangs around with like right, that like what they will what they will do as boys is wrong, but they will do it. Oh, yeah, that they that boys will probably like call her a whore and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that like there will be like this kind of reputation. We honestly we see it in Happy Days with Mary Lou in in a way that's like lies, and I think that well, I think it's definitely handled way worse than happy days <laughs> it is i was like out of my seat in happy i was fucking insane holy shit fuck me man god um, um but right that she will probably have a reputation right so like i yeah. what i was seeing like now yeah so yes that is wrong um and it like the whole in that there's like a wrongness to the system but i think there was at the very least um, unlike the situation in his apartment, it at least is a moment where we see him trying to do good in some way. Like I don't know. He's I don't like know. well intentioned. Yeah, but and, not then, going and then about and then the and right then way. yeah, and then it also falls immediately on his face because he she goes, "Who are you to give me advice, creepo?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's and, he's and then like, as yeah, she walks away, creepo. he's like, "Yeah, who are you, creepo?" Yeah. So like it's just another like it's sort of he doesn't have like confidence in his own rightness in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um there's actually another moment that uh something that I like about Rocky as a character in general is that he, um, he generally speaking, like he does things that are wrong, but he doesn't like learn that they're wrong. He knows that they're wrong. He just acted wrongly. Like, like after he's been training, um, like after he's been training and he's really sore. And then also he's been dealing with Mick telling him not to, fool around with adrian adrian is like trying to be flirtatious with him and then he tells her like why don't you just go and cook dinner and she's like what mm-hmm. and is you know, like actively pissed about that as you know she has the the reaction that you, you we probably i know i had have, um, yeah. <laughs> and then but he immediately like he doesn't learn based on her reaction that that's not how you should treat a woman. Like he's, he just like, he knows that what he did is wrong Mm -hmm. and he immediately goes and apologizes for it. Am I being clear with the learning thing? I feel like I might not be. I think you are, but I actually don't think that makes it better in my mind because then like, if you're still doing a thing that's wrong and like that, yeah, but you do things that are wrong though. Well, but like that as an example just makes me think like, uh, like, if he knows that's, I mean, I don't think it's like a huge, like a revelation of like, Oh, I shouldn't treat a woman like this, but that like that his behavior, like, I mean, he's for that example, like he's never really like shared his life with somebody in the way that he's starting to share it with her and like his emotion and like his need to like think about somebody else, uh, like their emotions and their well being, And like, if he knows already that like him sort of being like this ape kind of for a second is like, not good than than him still like allowing himself to do well, he that wasn't is, violent no but, i mean but he, but was he was just ex- like he's physically exhausted yeah no yeah but like 
uh, but like, I don't know, then like t- that he should talk to, tell her that. I mean, I know people just do that. I don't know. I'm just that as an example that you gave. I like don't see then if, if it's like not that he's like if he's just tired then I actually don't but he also just like immediately I guess to me what's even more important than than him like yeah the, what's, what's what is more important than that is that he immediately apologizes mm-hmm. like he is the the movie puts him in many situations to admit like admit that he is wrong in a way that like we don't necessarily see men doing like there's a kind of like manliness that this film doesn't really partake in um and even with mick who is shit to him the whole movie and then he finally comes to him when he's going to get the fight with the Apollo, Apollo and he can't say anything to his face but once the door is closed he just starts yelling for never being there like right and then he goes he out then immediately the goes out like, on the street and apologizes yeah, like and, and agrees to take his help yeah yeah no it's true that i think yeah i sorry i just think i wasn't following that example but like we do see and especially i guess yeah that that one is a great example of like apologizing immediately after um, but like, I feel like him as a character in general, it's like, he is really subverting the like expectations of what manliness is because yeah. he's such a like macho dude. Like he's a fighter and he's a really strong one and he's like, can be really violent obviously because of the like boxing and everything. But then, but yeah, he just like, he like loves his turtles and he named mm-hmm. them Cuff and Link, which is just like not even a clever enough name to right. be like funny, but it's just like sweet. His dumb And, and he just has all these dumb puns. <sighs> And like he just really like he, he's so sweet and earnest at his core, and like getting to see that in contrast with like, like you can also that he can be a boxer, um, and like, but that that's not who he is. Like who he is, who he is is like separate from the like violence kind of of that that thing. And like we and he's and so I, yeah, it's wonderful to see a character who's like clearly the sort of like manly character who also though like the point of him is that he's not that like that he's sweet and he is kind, you know, and he like wants to be good. He wants to do better. Right. Um, it's something we've seen. Beautiful. I was yeah. thinking about the Godfather because like we, we talked about how, you know, it's hard to make a film about this life, like, and how it destroys people or like, um, about how like kind of toxic masculinity can destroy people. But like this movie does that mm. really well. I mean, he, I mean, I think when we talk about Polly, I mean, he in a way is like toxic masculinity personified. Mm-hmm. Also, Mick, when he's like, he finally like yells at Mick in the boxing studio, you know, gym for, you know, like never taking him seriously. And it's like, why do you call me a bum? Why do you call me a bum? And his answer is that he took a job with the, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with like an organized crime. Yeah. And like, that's just an example of this other thing that was like, it, it destroyed Michael Corleone's life, but Michael Corleone ends up looking cool. Well, mm-hmm. he doesn't end up looking cool in this, mm-hmm. you know, he's like humiliated for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that also isn't like after school special PSA, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
meanwhile, Polly is sitting there the whole time being like, get me a job with him. Right, get me a job right, with him. Right, right, um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the moments that I found like really touching is when they're, um, when he has the first scene with the reporters and they're saying stuff to him and Polly's like, why you let him talk to me? You like that. And he's like, don't bother me. Don't bother me. Mm-hmm. Don't bother me. And then he's, you know, he steps out with Adrian and once he's like far away from her, he's like, you know, he just is like, you know, I said that stuff didn't bother me. It did. Mm. And it, I, like, there's so much yeah. in this movie where, like, it, it's very simply yeah. stated. Yeah. In a way that's just, like, so deeply felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And this this is kind of like that, but it's a different type of moment, sort of. But the at the very end, so so sweet the so like adrian over the course too like she goes through this little like transformation like she starts dressing more confidently and like all these things and at the end she like has this like nice red hat that she's wearing on the day of the fight uh and like so like and then when she runs up to him after the fight her hat like i guess fell off and like when she finally gets to him and he's like bleeding out of his eyes he can barely see but she's like i love you and he's like what happened to your hat and it's so sweet. It's like he just really cares, and he like sees her, and like he loves he, her he just so loves much. Her. And like that like, line, I'm like, you love her, you know? It's like, so beautiful. I the, like he and like he doesn't when she comes into the arena, uh, like right when he's like tr- you know trying to stand up, and he sees her, and like the second that he goes the distance it's like he, he doesn't, doesn't care, care about any of it care. you know and then you know reporters are trying to talk to him and like you know it's kind of a you know when people do like oh, Adrian, it's like a joke but right. like when he's there doing it it's like the idea that he could have done the thing not only done the thing that he wanted to do but like he did something that no, no one, one has yeah. done before yeah. and like not only has no one gone the distance, but like in the first round, he knocks Apollo Creed down mm-hmm. and they say that he has never been mm-hmm. knocked down in his mm-hmm. entire career. Mm-hmm. And like, he just doesn't care about any of it. He right. just like, he just wants to be with, with Adrian and right. like, yeah. And a different take on like him and as a character, like it would just, it, I feel like, you know, it's like, yeah, the, his victory, his sort of like, sporting and like physical victory there would just be like the highlight you know and like maybe he'd see adrian after or something i don't know like you know and right and it's just like so clearly the message of like that doesn't actually matter you know like that he what he cares like he is the like love that he has is like the most important thing and like so oh man so stallone has a a bad rap but like he was he was so good the scene with at the when so yes, it, it leads to the scene at his apartment, but his scene at the door <laughs> when he's trying to get Adrian to come out, both between just kind of like doing this weird thing with his hand on the yeah. door, and his talking to her facial expressions as he's like, and then cutting like away to be like, look at Polly, be yeah. like, come on, what, like, what, am I what doing? do I do? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. cutting back in. I mean, like it was so well acted and then like when he when she gets him butt kiss and the dog he oh. get buy, she buys him this dog and he's like hey baby 
what are you doing? I mean, it's like so dumb and like he's so beautiful. It's so sweet. Yeah. And like even when he when he goes to talk to her the first time and he's like, oh, hey, birds, hey, birds, <laughs> look who it is. Yeah, like it's, it's a giant worm as he's sticking his finger in the kit. Like he's so dumb and sweet. And like man, they and, and also the you see him. I don't mean dumb. I just. I mean, but sorry. he, I, but uh, yeah. he, he, he is. Yeah. Well, they have this um, great moment too. Him and Adrian on their first date, where he's like, "Oh, my dad always told me my brains wouldn't get me anywhere, so I had to focus on my body. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I want to be a fighter." And she's like, "Oh, funny. My mom told me the opposite of like yeah. my body isn't gonna do anything for me, so I have to focus on my brain." Something that like sounded something a line that also like I. I, I was gonna say like I almost cried, but like <laughs> I'm I'm kind of crying now. So like it it, <laughs> it uh, I cried m- so many times during this movie, mm-hmm. and like one of them was when Polly's like like why do you like my sister? And then he says you know uh, you know fills gaps, which sounds shitty. It sounds you're like you know like I got yeah past time fills gaps, and then but then he's like you know um, like I got gaps. And she's got gaps, and <laughs> together we fill gaps. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, it's so profound, and not the language anyone would ever use. You know, yeah, it's so great. God, yeah. so good. Ah, oh. um, it, it, we also haven't talked about um, her scene. Okay, how do you want to do it? Do you want to talk about her confronting Polly, or do you want to talk about? Polly set him up and then talk about her confronting Polly because man, when she attacks him, mm. I was like, fuck yeah, I know, man. This feels so good. Finally. Yeah. Be- Cause so many films would have Rocky do that. Mm, sure. Yeah. Right. Do it for her. Yeah. Like he stands up for her. Right. right. And, and, and had that scene as like the honorable thing, mm-hmm. but like, all right. So like Polly, very clearly a symbol of like, failed masculinity Mm -hmm. i mean he is so and i think this is like an interesting uh it kind of like shows how kind of you know i I occasionally jokingly say things like uh patriarchy touches us all and like one of the things that reinforces patriarchy is that like he's this failure right so like he ends up leaning harder into what are supposedly his entitlements like as a way of like really hardly like hardcore mentally investing in the system to avoid to like sort of mentally save himself from how much he's suffering Mm -hmm. um but like he is disgusting Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. a fucking disgrace and like i i love that like the person who is most invested in masculinity and like the one that's most refusing to be vulnerable is disgusting. Mm -hmm. I mean like, and, and there's a picture of him that I thought was really, I thought it was like really subtle. Um, but there's like a picture of him from military service. Did you, did you, did you clock it? Um, it's. I think it's near the T set. If you, I mean, the, he the T set he hits with a baseball bat. Um, but like it's near uh, 
the, I think it's like near the tea set. It's like on the way to her bedroom. Like you, it's it's in frame multiple times, mm-hmm. which implies to me a sense of like glory days, where it's like there was a period of time that he didn't feel like a loser, mm. and now that that's like so far gone, he like holds on to this picture and also just like. Tries to tear down others because he is suffering himself. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he also like it with the scene when it, with, it, on Thanksgiving when he like throws her fucking turkey out. First off, apparently it was cooked. Because well, he that, eats I was it? like, he shouldn't be eating that. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like, yeah he's he like throws it out, but rips a turkey leg off and eats it. Right. And you're like, wait, what? Like, Pulls it out of the barbarian. oven. Barbarian. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but he also like it's it's like a you know a joke because as Polly's as they're walking into the house, Rocky's like uh, you know like she knows I'm coming right like uh, his sister knows I'm coming he's like yeah how many times I gotta tell you like she knows mm-hmm. I'm coming all right you know and they start talking again he's like she knows I'm coming right mm-hmm. and then right, like the second coming. he walks in she's like. <laughs> Right, it's clear right. she has no idea. And yeah. then he's, she goes, why didn't you tell me? And then he goes, how do you know I didn't? <laughs> <laughs> how do you know I didn't? I didn't catch that. I was like, just, I love it. Um, so funny. And it's so, I've like never seen a, a like depiction of a someone's job that was so perfectly capturing like who how we're supposed to feel like because he just yeah. works we don't actually know what he do, does in this like meat pack but he, I think he just like, hauls it like he's not managing like meat packing place where there's yeah. just like half carcasses of like cows like on racks and it's just so it's cold and it's disgusting and it's like so perfect yeah to, yeah for and him it, like he treats adrian like shit and then it's so at the end of toward the end of uh Act, uh, you see me roll my eyes, mm-hmm. and that's why you're making yeah. your face. It's because so I'm about to say, say later in the movie. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but I do want to nerd out later because I have a big thought um, that is big to me and not a big thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when he he's mad that they're happy, mm-hmm. and he's not, um, and so he like tells Rocky that he shouldn't be with Adrian because she's washed up and turning 30 and she shouldn't be, you know, she, does he say, I'm trying to remember the things that he says about. I think he does say that she's like, I think he says retarded or something. Oh yeah. But uh, also that like, I think she's something along the lines of like being used up. Mm-hmm. In a way that's also like oh yeah sexual. he does say something like you're not a virgin at some right point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 which um, I didn't know if that meant though like because of Rocky and therefore it's like you'll never marry somebody now right. or what that or if it was like before um, um but yeah like but yeah he insults everybody it's like yeah, so so much and then and and then like. Uh, he's like saying, you know, I give you right. like you I give you me. nice things. Mm-hmm. You owe me. I didn't get married because of you, because yeah. you can't live by yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, man, really put it on <laughs> her. her fault. You yeah. fucking, you're spick and span, mm-hmm. all American cool guy, man. <laughs> Fuck you. Right, right. Um, but the, and he's like. He, you know, goes to this tea set. He's like, I buy you nice things. And he smashes it with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, 
grabs him, throws him onto the couch, is like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you know, you're supposed to be nice to me. And then do you want to do it? Do the scene. Do the scene, yeah. or you don't want to do it. We you can. Wanna, we can both do it. I you mean, just, I don't want to do it. I don't. We probably. But I just. You know. Well, I, I feel like. No. I well, we're, I mean. Because <laughs> sure. she's just like, I yeah, don't owe she, you. She, right. She's like, I'm. Not, I do everything for you. You know. Right, I don't. Like, I don't know what she says. You can go for well, it. Well, she, she, she. I. I. I did. I was like, I wanna. I wanted to know. I. I, I googled it. Oh, nice. Uh, so but yeah, he was just like, she was like, um, like, I don't owe you nothing. I don't owe you nothing. What do I owe you? I cook for you. I clean for you. I do everything for you. And you make me feel like a loser. And I'm not a loser. Mm -hmm. I like, I love mm. yeah. that. Because there was Great. so much in this movie about like, really about like struggling to feel worth. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the ability to be happy mm -hmm. and, and not like in a way that settles, but like really sort of acknowledging things that you have that are good. And she's like, I'm not a loser, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's clear that like throughout that both like Rocky and Adrian, like through their finding of each other, like they're both of their confidence builds, you know? And so it's like mm -hmm. nice to see that, like, it's not just because, she suddenly like has the attention of a man like it's right. it goes both ways and that like they both are like really like finally being seen and like therefore like becoming more confident in who they are you know which is just beautiful and nice um and i was also curious especially because his um his slaughterhouse says there was a no help wanted sign on the outside so i was really curious about that and i was like what's going on right now and there was so 1973 to 1975 was a big economic recession. And so like, it, and it was the end of the like post-World War II economic expansion. So mm -hmm. like a lot, of, that's when a lot of these industrial cities started to fall off, mm -hmm. like, like Philadelphia, yeah, like mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, like Detroit. Um, mm -hmm. And... It was like high inflation, high unemployment. Also, new countries, like developing countries, were starting to industrialize. So that's when like labor started to be outsourced. So it was like that's why like they're constantly passing the people that are just like standing on the corner and mm -hmm. like they might be singing really well, but they're just so there were so many people I would say noting that it's like lots of people who might be good. Right, but, but they just don't have any. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, that like as far as economics and like what was happening in Rocky's life, like it was mm -hmm. very clear that like it wasn't. It was just like an actual like grim and like gritty depiction of like what it is to be struggling, and you yeah. know, like he, like his apartment was kind of disgusting, and like yeah, all those like he even when he was training, I said like he was running past. Um, like he ran past this area where there was like trash on the ground and people huddled around like trash fires and stuff, you know, and it's like, we got all these images of like people, like what it is actually like right. to be struggling. And like normal, you know, without they, they seem normal. They weren't like, when you think of like a trash can fire, it's typically in like this kind of sort of savage back alley, scary, homeless mm. scenario, but they were just people. It was like daytime and like just people on the street, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and, I mean, and he's his speech with Adrian about like he just is afraid of being another bum from the neighborhood. Like that's what, yeah, why mm. he wants to go the distance because like he doesn't need to win if he can just do that. Then he'll know that like he was somebody. Right. Um, also, one other thing about the recession is like one of the things that caused it, and this is just a, an excite 
it's not exciting. But, you know, I had heard of an oil shortage in the 70s, and, like, people think of it as an oil shortage, but actually, like, it wasn't. It was an oil embargo mm-hmm. um, that, like, uh, Arab countries put an oil embargo on, and so they had to, like, search for... Uh, so the U.S. was like rationing oil. Oil went crazy through the roof. Um, and this was a result of the Yom Kippur War in, in Israel. And and they, uh, so yeah, and then it basically sort of restructured the like energy economy of the 20th century. Um, I'm, I'm just learning about that cool, yeah. of the, in the past year. So I just like... <laughs> That is something that mm-hmm. played into very heavily because the price of oil went from three dollars a barrel to twelve. Mm, so crazy. like, yeah, that's like it makes a huge r- difference. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, um, sort of related, but uh, also not a little bit is uh, just thinking about Apollo Creed mm-hmm. as a character, and I just was like, I was struck throughout by um, how I just like thought he was a really great character, and the first time we meet him is like on a TV, like on an interview, yeah. basically. Um, and he's, I don't know if we've mentioned that, but he's black and he is this like really, like he's really well-spoken, really educated. And he, his, one of the first things he says, like in the report, uh, mm-hmm. to the reporters right. is like, go to school, like learn, like figure out, be a doctor, be an engineer, be a lawyer, be a whatever, like don't, yeah, carry don't a leather fight, briefcase, you know, don't carry be a leather an athlete, briefcase. which is like, yeah. you hear, I hear athletes say that all the time. Uh, uh like, and I, I almost maybe see it more in in entertainment but i see it just a lot of places where i mean athletes are like yeah be uh be you know educated and 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 get like a good job don't put yourself in a position where you you twist your ankle and then your career is over like Mm -hmm. Um, right. And even just thinking about the like masculinity thing, you know, it's like, hundred percent. like, don't just, this isn't just cool. You know, like it's not cool to just be a fighter or something, right? Like train your mind mm-hmm. and like, you can do something bigger, you know, by, by doing, by learning like that. Mm-hmm. In terms of race, it's also, I mean, I think that like for, in terms of com- contrasting the films that we have dealt with so far, I mean, this film is like uh, one in a million mm-hmm. as far as the 70s. I mean, it seems that, you know, he's in a fully integrated gym. The world that he lives in is fully integrated. There's, you know, like the fil- so much of the films that we have seen so far, there has been very obvious, if, if it's not a service position, it's obvious tokenism. Mm-hmm. And we don't see either of that. Yeah. Um, the reporter who goes to to, to interview, interview Rocky, Rocky mm-hmm. in the freezer is a black woman. Mm-hmm. The you know Apollo's entire team is black, which and they are also like something I thought was amazing, and, and for its rarity, um, or and how it as I said a second ago, just like contrasts other films is that Apollo is like in the film, he is symbolizing like America Mm -hmm. and capitalism Mm -hmm. in a way that like doesn't happen 
really in many, I, I can't think of another film in which a black person is, is, is doing that is the one who is personifying mm-hmm. Americanness and, and, and like intelligent wealth because like he's, um, as we see in the scene where he's deciding to pick Rocky, there's a part where he's talking to the um, the sort of boxing head, um, and he the, you know about like giving the the chance to mm-hmm. you know a, a fighter like that'd be good PR, mm-hmm. and then and then he's like yeah it's very American, and he goes no it's very smart, mm-hmm. and everything that he does is about like is is very well calculated Mm -hmm. and he has like, you just see how smart he is and how good of like a business person and a showman he is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then in the end for the final thing, for the final fight, you know, he comes out and he's first dressed as George Washington and then he's dressed as uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. And like, it's this, yeah. I mean, it, it made, I was like, Oh, why is this making me, why am I like so surprised? And I was like, Oh, I feel like the only other time pretty much that I've seen, a person of color, like in this out type of outfit was like watching Hamilton, you know? And I'm like, right. this is, and it's not like everyone is just sort of like cheering for it and is like excited by it, you know? And, uh, and it's just, even in yeah. Hamilton, there's a sense of irony or like it, not just, yeah. Awareness, of awareness that it's unusual. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not unusual in, in Rocky at all. Like he's yeah. the, which like is maybe like not, uh, uh, like is a little bit, paint it paints over it potentially like a little bit in a nice in a way that is like perhaps not realistic in terms of the time but like i but the fact that like the film is saying like this should just be taken for granted right. is is a really wonderful thing that and he's very de- def- definitely based around uh Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. who like had a very like big persona sure. the only difference is that being a part of the nation of Islam, he would not be like pro America in, in the way that Apollo Creed is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's not only shocking, but it also like feels real and also feels easy. It's yeah, no, totally. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, nothing, nothing's like a, uh, it's weird how like these, with regards to like tokenism, you're like feeling the work that the film is doing to show how good it's being, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't feel like this at all Mm. in Rocky. And yet it has done the, the the best job that we've seen in the seventies in terms of like a top 10 film. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we should I think we have move to. on to I think we happy. Have to. We've been avoiding it. We've been... Fuck <laughs> me. Happy Days is cotton candy that doesn't even taste good. It's, you know? I, the thing I was avoiding saying was this show is fucking family circus, <laughs> the TV show. No, I'm like... It I'm, is. Because you're like... Oh, it is. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Is this supposed funny? to be funny? 
Like, it, it was everything that I expected about a TV show. Like, everything that, like, when people talk about how TV had a bad name, mm. everything about that is Happy Days. Canned laughter, hokey dialogue, hokey facial expressions. There were lines yeah. that had canned laughter that I was like, that's what? a laugh line? That was, right, exactly. <laughs> that was the joke? That was the whole point of the scene? Yeah. And then at the same time, it's, like, sickly sweet in its, like values and it's like but everything is fine like in the end everybody's mm. happy together you know and like in the end we just need to be together you know like it was so and yet mm. no finish that's all it was so i was probably gonna say another word for sickly sweet so mm. continue saccharin yeah i just didn't want to sound pretentious though friend. well so. like i'm very pretentious yeah so, so i let you say yeah. it just now that saccharin. was all part of the thing okay, okay. um but also the values are fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like, well, it is like, bad. Anything that is, like, intentionally nostalgic for the 50s of, mm. like, this is, wasn't life great then. It's like, yes, life was great if you were a white man, you know? And so it's like, great. Immediately, it's this show is entirely, uh, it's just nostalgia for, like, a time that was in some way, like, simpler or better mm -hmm. or, you know? And, like, that as a concept is... Uh, really not something that I agree with, yeah. you know? <laughs> also, in contrast to Rocky, mm -hmm. uh, nary a single. Nary no, a single no, black no person whatsoever, yeah. despite this being set in the Midwest. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the Great Migration, sure. like the oh, Midwestern yeah. epicenter, they, the Midwest through New York, where no, there, yeah. there would be lots there would be lots of people of color in the middle, like in the, like in this making good small money town in this, like, I mean, yeah, I was just thinking about like how segregated towns can be. And so like, sure. especially in the fifties. So, Oh, big time. And also surprising. in the Midwest, because like we know that like, like Chicago provided the, um, blueprint for the redlining that took place throughout, the 20th century. Mm -hmm. um, so like redlining is, it, 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 it's bad. Um, no, but also like if you, you can look at demographic maps and, and see how clear that th because those cities that were being developed at the time that the federal housing administration was redlining, that was also during the Great Migration, so these cities have the very have very clear scars. Mm -hmm. um, so that is definitely true. That is definitely an issue. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, yeah, one of the I didn't say it while we were being impartial, but I'm really glad that none of the episodes that we have that we watched had Pat Morita in them mm -hmm. because the the still like the images had him in like geese you know and, mm. and i'm like wow. and like like teaching karate to ron howard i'm like i oh. i am not interested in saccharine orientalism mm -hmm. of this one it's one of those things where you're caught where you're like the film the, the show like it is good that he had employment and had success but also he was having success 
in a in a in a in a tokenized role that is just like yeah that's nauseating. Right. Um, should we go? Also, I was surprised mm-hmm. that the first season didn't have the theme song. Oh. Yeah, because the the oh. the. Uh, uh, Monday, Tuesday, happy day. Sunday, Monday, happy day. It was at the, it Monday, was in the credits at the day. end. It was. Yeah, it was also of- in like a pre-open music, mm. so it would be. It was like it would do the the theme with the jukebox, like on a record or on the jukebox, and then as it cut into the episode with the remaining opening credits, mm. it would be like these days are <laughs> um, yeah, the quality, the recording quality yeah, was not super good, but it was a great impression. But yeah. the fact that like Rock Around the Clock was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the yeah. original theme yeah, song, that's true. Um, I was like, yeah. weird. Who? I, I don't know of a show changing its theme song. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. Um, the other, I mean, the huge thing about this that like the the most of the comedy comes from uh, like the interactions that the male characters have with the female characters, mm-hmm. um, and like wowzers um because it's all that like the women are first of all like completely without character or personality and they are all only they're all just like oh sure you want to make out with me all right let's make out i don't know who i am either don't worry you know and like all the jokes are about how like girls just are confusing change their mind and like but also like want to have sex with you right you know they're all dumb right they're all really dumb and they're all really like they'll just kiss anybody sleep around with people um steven just sat back in his chair and died (laughs) did you think of mary lou is that her name oh god oh um, her episode like the (sighs) i think that's the pilot also right no all the the way all the is it maybe it is i think it was the pilot that's what no you're right all the way is the pilot so yeah, Fuck. in the pilot, the whole story of this is like the uh, Richie wants to has never like gone on a date with a girl or anything, and like uh, has I actually don't remember how he gets this date. Oh, because oh, Mary cause Lou, because Patsy, Patsy like talks like, her yeah, talks he, him up to Mary Lou, right? And he's like, he's, just read this book to her, yeah, and like, and like laugh before you laugh, say this, right? And she'll want to date you, yeah. and then like so he does, and mm. she invites him to come over babysitting with but him. But she's that night. worldly, and she dated a sailor, oh, and even though sailor. she's a she dated a right, she dated a sailor, meaning like she sleeps with people. Yeah. It's like right, like that's the implication because like the implication of. Right. Same and way. also I know that like the high school world is is like myopic and small but like I'm upset. Oh. I'm upset cuz I forgot something about Rocky. Okay. My big idea that I Oh right, your structural nerdy thing. My nerdy is this thing. the right moment to do it? Right in the middle. Go ahead. But you have to promise me that I get to do it. Do it right now. Later. You no, sure? No, you're going to be thinking about it. Okay. Just do it. But the big thing is that like okay. Structure dictates substance in terms of screenwriting, right? Like, like you, you're familiar, like with, you read Save the Cat. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah continue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, approximately, you know, a plot point seven is going to be your catalyst. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to trigger the debate. And then there's a decision made that sends the story into act two. Well, the midpoint of this film mm-hmm. is Rocky being asked if he wants to do the fight. Yeah. Also, after 
the act break goes to the B story, right? Well, what's that scene? Apollo, like talking about the bicentennial match. Mm -hmm. So I think the structure of the film proves that this film is not like really about boxing. Like this film is about him and Adrian and about also and like their struggle to succeed. And like this fight is like, like symbolizing their quest for like the American dream and like happiness together. Mm. And like, you know, there's even, you know, you could say that there's metaphor in terms of like their life together that like, there's no such thing as winning that like what matters is like, you know, going the distance. And also I, it felt to me very reminiscent of, uh, Jack Nicholson in, in one flew of a cuckoo's nest when he was like, you know what? Well, at least I tried, you know, like that kind of thing that like fighting the good fight or whatever mm -hmm. that like, that like boxing is a device in the film and structurally at best the B story of the film, but yeah. not the mm -hmm. story of the film. Yeah. You could think of it all from Adrian's point of view, the debate, the break in act two being like when she kisses him, you know, or something like, right. Like, yeah. like that. Cause like, as far as thinking about traditionally, like where that's placed, like it's, that's around the time when like we would be pushed into act two, you know, right. and like it's like her deciding to, you know, date to him give or it something, a chance, right? Yeah. Like it could be seen as like her story in a, in a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's very true. Right. Cause I actually was thinking that too. I was like, Oh, he's being offered this question so late in the film. So it's like not actually about, we've spent so much time like, and that's not what we're actually watching for. You right. Know? Like it's, it's funny. It's a way that like the sequels, it's like in a way that like the sequels have created the idea of, what this movie is about. Like it's a boxing movie because they're all boxing movies and like, you know, all the way through Creed, like Creed's decisions are always whether or not to take the fight, mm -hmm. you know? And like his scenes, it, like Rocky scenes in, in every other one, it's all about whether or not he's going to take the fight or how he's going to take the fight. Everything is about all the debates are about boxing. Everything is about boxing this film is not about boxing mm. that the structure of the film s dictates that it is, that it's not about boxing. And I think that's, that's awesome. Fucking dope. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So glad that you let me put that in there. Yeah, please. Duh. Yeah. That's um, awesome. but all the way right back to that fun Fuck. gem because it also uh, uh begins with ralph mouth having a hickey and oh yeah right, right. Like, isn't it yeah cool? and that's the thing too and his friend and richie's friend also says that he's like kissed uh mary lou like everybody's done it you know and the way to do it is just like follow these simple steps and you'll get there you know and she likes to have to like when you blow in her ear she mm. likes the this thing or whatever <sighs> and she then, even at one point says because she like uh pulls her hair back and he's like, she, he says something. Uh, he's like, you could hear me. And she's like, Oh yeah, I can hear everything with my hair pulled back. And I'm like, I want to kill myself. That <laughs> is, she is written as such 
an idiot. Yeah, no, it's true. And then, I mean, then like all the, you can guess what, like, we don't even have to go in, like the, the actual him, like trying to like kiss her and all these things. He tries to take her bra off right away. Uh, and, but then like all the biggest thing for me, like later she's just like talking about like, oh, well that's just how, like, cause he's like, he apologizes to her. He's like, I told everybody that we did stuff, but we didn't. And I feel bad because I felt like pressured to say that. And then she's like, oh, don't worry. Like everybody tries my gym, the gym teacher, you know, Mr. whatever. Yeah. He wants, he tried to like touch my butt or something and like, haha, you know, and then the joke is like, like not even that he's creepy. It's like, right. Like the like laugh line came at like, like it was a laugh. Like yeah. there was a, a canned laugh there about like, oh, he's so creepy. Ha ha ha. Well, and well, and uh, it's also that like, look, you know, like that's just boys how say things about me. They're right. not true. So right. why would I care? Right. I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, and okay, well now I'm going on a date with Fonzie and Fonz. And then like <clears throat> Richie tells him like, oh, we didn't actually do anything. She's probably, you know, and he's like, oh, and he's all like upset like, because Damn. like I polished my bike for a kiss. Like, that's not what I was get looking for, you know? And, like, this entitlement of, like, it's uh, these men deserve for these women to just, like, give them whatever they want, you know, like, sexually. Right. And, it's, it <laughs> and like, then it's, like, the joke that, like, the women don't do it, you know? And that also, <clears throat> I don't, I, have I, like, no. Do I believe in, like, the man code that, like, you can't date someone who's dated your friend? No, that's bullshit. But... I have there the way in which he is just like, oh, we just kissed, you know. Oh, you're going on a date, like. So he's like, oh, well, I'm going on a date with her tonight. Oh, well, like she's a good kisser, and it's like you didn't what? care about her at all. Right, right. Like it's so weird. I thought you because it's framed like he wanted to date her mm-hmm. in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, so you don't you don't care about her at all? Like you literally finding out that she's not going to have sex with you means that like. Mm-hmm. You are totally checked out. Yeah, that, whatever. Yeah. How? What? Right. And in each episode, there's just like a different girl who like Richie's trying to kiss, basically. You know, like every single episode. Right. Is like, yeah. And it's just. Because uh, like the episode where he gets a car, she's like the joke. The laugh line there is he's like, uh, she's like, thanks for respecting me. <laughs> right. And you're like. What? Right, because he like didn't actually try anything. Right, and like like also his dad was there, and they couldn't find like a place to make out. But he's like, well, because in the beginning she's like, I don't care, like something about like uh, for like I expect like I want you to respect me. I don't kiss on the first date, but for you I'll make an exception. And then like basically like they can't make out. So at the end she's like, thanks for respecting me, as in like just kidding, I don't want to be respected and right. like, don't take that seriously when somebody says that, you know. Or in something that's also like very toxic and I've experienced, I have experienced on dates in the past, which is like, I take you less seriously because you didn't make sexual advances towards me. Mm-hmm. Like, she, right, right. Yeah, it's that like men are supposed to just always make moves and like no matter what. And if you don't, you're lame right, and understanding. Exactly, right. Yeah. Even if I'm like not giving you any signals or I'm literally telling you like, no, I don't want to kiss. Wink. There's like an unspoken wink, wink, wink. You're supposed to just like still make moves. Yeah. Even his dad makes fun of it. I know, his dad. He's oh. like, son, 
unrespect her too. Yeah, You're like, that was fucking so gross. gross. Ugh. Oh God. Uh, and, and then also like Ralph Mouth is like the ugly one, mm-hmm. and yet he's the one who's like the sex hound. <laughs> I'm like, I find this. Not only are you like as disgusting as Polly, but like it is unbelievable mm-hmm, that you are mm-hmm. with all these people. Like, yeah. yeah. Utterly unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I also just thought, thinking again, because you mentioned structure, like this show is so, it's so boring also. Like it is, first of all, it's like all A story. There's never a B story, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And every scene, it's like the scene begins when the people like walk into the room and it ends when they leave. Like there's no like enter late, leave early. Like it's yeah. just, we see everything and the scenes are really long and like, for, and pointless like there's just like it's plotting out through like this every moment of one plot line uh and like 22 to 28 minutes can feel really long when and that's happening and it's always like and they always end with like oh gina what did i say <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah. and you're like what am i watching yeah. this ran for 11 i cannot believe years. 11 years yeah and the domestic world is so like the mom is just nothing but a housewife and like cooks and cleans and thinks about decoration you know and like that's literally all she is in the um yeah. in the christmas episode which begins with sexual assault um because he's like hey he, like potsy puts oh, the, the, mistletoe. the mistletoe and then ralph is like hey look up you're in the mistletoe grabs a woman really kisses ki- her deeply kisses her and then richie who again is the good guy in the show is like oh that's cool why don't i try right exactly and then and then he picks like another random vapid uh, sex object and and then she's like oh oh that's parsley and walks away and he's like oh man right you picked a lady who knows her salads (laughs) like aren't you i was like god god um unbelievable also uh ginchiest means sexiest okay i yeah. don't know what i'll look that up okay. it's like old for sexy so he's like Fonzie, the joke yeah. is that mm-hmm. they're so fonzie gives everyone the same necklace all these waitresses the same necklace that says you're the sexiest so like you're the ginchiest though. ginchiest yes <laughs> well the joke is I, th- I think the joke is that he's using a code word to sexualize them that they don't understand mm. I mean, it's hard to tell because I didn't understand right. what Ginchy meant. Um, so it's hard to tell if in 1974 everyone understood what Ginchy meant. It's hard to tell. Um, but then the other thing is that um, something that really like caught me off guard, and maybe it wouldn't have caught people off guard in the 70s, but it is not how shit went down in my house that like Christmas morning, they're called in from the living room. The table is fully set with like glasses and plates and silverware and napkins. And they're like sitting down to dinner, sitting down to like Christmas lunch or dinner or whatever. And I'm like, that that's not how shit went down. In my house, it would be like, Steven, Lay the plates out. Mm. Get the knife and fork. 
And then, you know, Kristen, my name my sister, Kristen, get the glasses and lay them out because like, and then we'd be like, mom, we're, we're trying to do that. And like, well, fuck you. I've cooked. I mean, my mom wouldn't do that, but like, sure. I cooked the food. Yeah. The least you could do is lay the silverware yeah. out. Well, I don't, I, I don't not believe that like in the fifties, that was like at least the ideal expectation sure. of what that was. You know, I can absolutely picture my grandmother having done that, you know, mm-hmm. and that my grandfather just like assuming that's what would happen, you know? Right. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm, yes, I'm sure that it was like rampant both as the ideal and the expectation as well as in certain, like in certain levels, like I'm sure that it happened a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it could at least be seen as like a marker of inequality that is not gone. I'm sure that there's lots of people for whom, I mean, my, my parents stopped making my lunch. Like I made, like, this is weird and silly, but you'll understand, you'll get it. That like, I made my breakfast and made my lunch in, from like fifth grade on. And like, if I didn't, if I didn't do it, it didn't get done. You know, it's just like how it is. Same with washing my clothes too. And like, you know, uh, you know, uh, there were times in which I really tested the boundaries of that. And yeah, if I didn't do it, it didn't get done. And, and yet I had like, uh, one of like my best friend in high school. I mean, he would senior year of high school, open up his lunch and then be reflecting what's in it with surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, your mom is making you lunch. Like, she has a job, dude. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Make your own lunch. You're a, you're 17 years old. Mm-hmm. You can. He was just eating a cheese quesadilla every day. I'm like, you can melt cheese on a tortilla <laughs> yourself. Like, mm. so I think that I'm sure it still happens a lot. But like, man, that just sucks. That's yeah. so much. Well, bullshit. especially I mean because it's ha- coming out in the 70s. So like the as a response to like women's liberation and everything, it's like, look at this ideal nostalgia too of like, Mm -hmm. this is a woman who is devoted to her home and her family. And like, all she does is all the, you know, she takes care of her house. And like, so I can't imagine that that wasn't in some way a, like a part of the like intentional false nostalgia, you know, for like better times. True of like, of in a way like competing with the social movement by like, right creating in a way like propaganda against it yeah interesting and then also i looked it up Mm -hmm. there's a dream in like season five Mm -hmm. that explains how fonzie and richie become friends oh there is no explanation yeah i was also wondering like what's up with fonzie's family does he just like live like what happened to his family but i mean that i too, buy like, him as like a motorcycle gang like a motorcycle guy like but who's like s- supposed to also be like 16 so yeah. like, does he just like live on his own as a 16 year old i, I mean, think so i think he right. doesn't have him which i buy like i buy sure, that sure. I, I what i don't buy like, is, is that the dropout is just hanging out at school all the time <laughs> i know right like <laughs> it, it, he's also he does not read as a high schooler so no, like it's no. it's just really yeah, yeah. kind of perverse. Um, something fun. The network thought that it, he was too much of like uh, too gangstery, too thuggish to have him in a leather jacket. Oh, right. They- so <laughs> they 
they managed to argue that they conceded that he could wear a leather jacket, but only in scenes with his motorcycle, which is why until like through season two, when he like establishes popularity to the point they couldn't deny it, mm -hmm. he was in every single scene with his motorcycle. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, so they were just like, all right, great. Like, done. Fine. If I yeah. have to do that, then I'll do that. <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah. The, it, also, I was really struck when, during the in the episode with the bomb shelter, mm. like him talking about like repopulating the earth as like a sexually jokey thing. Did that strike you? Like, did you think about that in a different? How? What, what were your thoughts? Because like I heard it that way, especially under the conditions of this podcast, in a way that it was definitely not framed as, nor a way that pretty much anyone else frames it when they bring it up. I feel like it is a joke that I have heard, like, taken lightly of, like, oh, repopulate the planet. Yeah. I don't, you know, like, I mean, like, they, the, like, because they said it so many times, I was like, okay, now I'm thinking about the logistics of that, and that sounds terrible, you know? Right. Um, but, but it was just a joke about, like, getting to have more sex, you know? Right. So, but I'm which, just like, yeah. which I was like, yeah, you're very casually. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this means forcing women to give birth multiple times. <laughs> like, that sounds awful. Handmaid's tale. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know why they're afraid of Fonzie. Afraid? He, Who? Afraid oh. Fonzie. He never does anything violent. Who? Fonzie. He's afraid of them. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, you're not going to cheat with Fonzie? He's going to punch your face oh, in. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I know. In that episode, yeah, they talk about it. Like, but he yeah, never I mean, does it anything. Looks, he's got, because he has a motorcycle and he supposedly acts like a cool guy, you know, I think it's supposed to just like give us that impression right i mean but yeah and then also even if he's the clownish foil yeah that makes how no is sense. it supposed to validate that, makes that? No I, sense. yeah i have no idea the, the core show of the show is confused sucks <laughs> this show is fucking awful yeah um should we see if our opinions change doesn't sound like it has Sure. Well, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Do let's it right go now. to the We're countdown. It's five and a half. We're keeping Rocky. We're Just get to okay. <laughs> <laughs> keeping Rocky. We're keeping Rocky. Those happy days. They're lure. yours. They're mine. Out of here. They're in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck happy yeah. days. Okay, Bye. Gina. Yeah. Where can they find you? Um, Gina Tell underscore em. with a G Ooh. on Instagram. That's where Yo. I am. Stephen Musk is everywhere. Everywhere social media handles us old. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we are a rock rising podcast. Follow them on Instagram. Ooh. Follow their other podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next week, 1977. Ooh, Ooh it's right. It's no, no, it is. Okay, yeah, okay. No, I was you like, can say I it with I, no, more I forgot, gusto, I forgot. but it's, do you remember um, the other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oscar, so the top the, grossing film yeah, is it's, Star it's, Wars, yeah. episode four, and the Best Picture winner is Scandal. Annie Hall. Scandal. The Best Picture winner is Scandal. Scandal. The TV show Scandal yeah. is the best No, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, the TV show Scandal, yeah. Which, honestly, uh, yeah, I will talk about, obviously, next week. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really conflicted about needing yeah. to watch it again, because I had sworn that I honestly would not watch more watch Woody Allen movies again. It is not Manhattan. No, I, I used to love Annie Hall. Yeah. So I... I know. You have it, right? I do. I know. I remember, because we used to work I'm together. I'm more than... 
have it. Well, I, I love a seventies yeah. box set of Woody Allen films. Yeah, and I'm about to marry the biggest Star Wars nerd in the world, so well, we're that's gonna have fine. a lot to say about. It. I know I Star mean, Wars is like, conflict free. Well, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's no, very little sex because there's to only this, one woman in the whole no, universe. Well, exactly. We're coming <laughs> to this next podcast with a lot of um, baggage, both positive baggage. and negative. A lot of baggage. Yeah. All right. Everything. Hey, Eugenia, that's our song, Gina. Oh, that's our song. That's your song that you made. Hey, Adrian. Steven. Hey, but hey, my nose ain't broke. That's from the Broadway musical. Oh. Yeah. Is that like a button to a song? No, because he's never broke. Well, they took a whole song. Yeah, it was. An awful musical. <laughs> it closed. Um, bye. As we have now closed our podcast for the day. Wow, who's running on now? Who's running on now? I said the last word. This has been a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Thanks for listening.